0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, Seth Partnow's tears over at the Athletic. How many Timberwolves players are ranked in his top 125 players? Where are they ranked? Did Seth get it right? And who's moved up or down since last year? A super interesting look at what uh, somebody with uh, kind of a broader view of the league thinks of Timberwolves players. We're gonna dig into it here today. Welcome in. You are locked on Wolves. You are locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked on Wolves podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hopefully you're having a fantastic week so far. And a big thank you for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this show. You can also follow on Twitter, of course, at at Locked wolves Don't forget the T. And also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Today on the show, uh, Summer League's in the rearview mirror. Free agency is by and large done. We talked about Josh Minett's deal uh, on Monday's show. The Wolves have one roster spot left. I want to focus now on, on something bigger picture, uh, and that's the overall player ranking of uh, 125 NBA players and, and more accurately to, to do this article justice or series of articles um, it's tiers of players, right? Top, essentially five tiers and then sub tiers within them of the top 125 players in the league. And that is ranking done by Seth Partnow over at the athletic. Um, and if you're not familiar with Seth's work, he is, obviously very well-respected. He wrote at Nylon Calculus and some other places several years ago, and then um, actually worked for the Milwaukee Bucks for a few years and was their director of basketball research um, in Milwaukee. And and currently he writes for The Athletic and does this tier ranking system each year. Um, And I'll I'll read a little bit from his first article, which was uh, from about a week ago. He basically releases an article each day over the course of a week, ranking the top uh, anywhere from 125 to 150 players in the league. Um, And by his own... uh, uh, description in this initial article is that it isn't a hard and fast number. It's basically what he's trying to do is rank players that give you something more than league average, essentially. So the way he breaks it down is um, his description is around five players every year total play at a super max level, like a true supermax worthy level, 10 to 15 perform at a vet max level, 20 to 25 are at a rookie max level, and 30 to 35... Performing about twenty percent of the cap. That means that fifty to seventy-five players are a hair above uh, everyday production. So a little, to borrow a baseball term, above replacement level, right? And I guess also there's a, there's a vorp statistic in basketball as well. So essentially, he's ranking guys that can help you win a championship. He says, uh, the, this results in a sort of quote, and this is directly from his article, good to great range of 125 to 150 players who matter from a championship perspective at any one time. And then that's how he structures his tiers. So there's five tiers. And this year's list is 125 players. Um, and, and there's a few other factors that play into it. And, and really, if you have an athletic subscription, uh, which you, it sh- you should, it's fantastic. Um, and of course there's plenty of great local guys on the athletic as well. Um, John Krasinski, uh, uh, of course, among others for other sports in the twin cities. Um, uh, but Seth does a fantastic job. Um, and if you do have a subscription, go check out the description of this particular, um, this particular exercise. He talks about the whole of, of a player's recent career, not simply last season. He also weighs playoff viability and success highly. He says, well, regular season floor raising matters. Lifting a team's ceiling matters even more. Um, he says, I try to envision that each player in their role is in the role that they would likely play for a contending team. And so that helps him with some tiebreakers and stuff. He talks about health only being a factor in in very serious cases where it's a make or break type situation. Um, and then also does not consider salary, which is super interesting and important when we're looking at these tiers. He says, quote, I do my best to ignore salary being overpaid. Doesn't make someone a worse player, just a worse trader cap asset. And I'm tiering players, not ranking assets. So aside from this simply being somebody who actually has worked for a basketball team and, and, uh, on, completely understands the analytic side. This isn't the same as like Ben uh, Ben Simmons, Bill Simmons uh, over at the Ringer, his trade value uh, rankings or trade rankings um, where he ranks, which actually probably is worth another podcast to talk about that, where he ranks the value of players uh, in terms of, what are they worth on the trade market? That's different than this. This is a simple tiering. Well, not simple, but it's a tiering based on on-court production only, and not specific, and not including their salary, their viability as an asset. So, like D'Angelo Russell is a good example. We'll get to him very shortly. Spoiler alert. Um, but his contract, the fact that he's overpaid on a max deal, does not impact his ranking on this list. Um, and I think that's super important to point out. So, without further ado, let's get into this list. I, I think it's really fascinating um, and. The last tier, so this is tier five, which includes players 85 to 125 on the list. So um, the, I guess, bottom, if you will, 40 players in this ranking exercise, and they're all in tier five A. So he's just got one tier five. Um, there aren't additional tiers. Some of these other ones have A, B, and C within 5, four, 3, two, 1, within those tiers. There's one Timberwolves player, one current Timberwolves player in tier five, and that is none other than D'Angelo Russell. Um, So that puts him in the 85 to 125 player range. Again, he doesn't go to 5B, 5C, so we can't drill that down any further. But that seems about right, if not maybe a little lower uh, than I would have expected D'Angelo Russell to be ranked. You know, if you had just asked me, like, where would you put D'Angelo Russell among NBA players? I'd say, uh, probably in the 40 to 50, yeah, maybe 40 to 60 range. And he's got him in the 85 to 125 category. A couple other notables here in this range Keldon Johnson from the Spurs, I think, is notable. Jay Crowder, obviously a straight role player. Um, several role players Bogdan Bogdanovich with the Hawks, Laurie Markinen with Cleveland, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with the Jazz. Reggie Jackson, uh, former Timberwolves Patrick Bever- Beverly and Robert Covington are both in the same tier. Uh, both of those guys are down slightly from recent years. Uh, last year, Robert Covington was actually a four A player. He's a five A player on this year's list. D'Lo incidentally was a five A player last year, so he was in the same tier last year on Seth Partnow's list. Um, two years ago, he was a four B, so he's gone down slightly. Um, but there aren't any other. There aren't, I, sh- I, should say, I should rephrase that, there aren't very many other players who have been all-stars in this tier. Russell Westbrook is currently in this tier. He's way down from 3C last year. He'd be obviously the, the biggest name in this tier. Um, but it's got a bunch of other very clear role players who are very good at what they do. Um, I'll name a couple more. Uh, Joe Harris with the Nets, Karis LeVert with the Pacers, Alex Caruso with the Bulls, uh, Maxi Kleber with, with the uh, the Mavericks. Uh, Lou Dort in Oklahoma City, Nikola uh, Vucevic in Chicago. So all these guys are players that if you ask a casual or or even, you know, ser- I guess serious NBA fan who doesn't closely follow the Timberwolves, hey, where do you think D'Angelo Russell ranks? I bet all these guys I've listed, they would assume are not as good as D'Angelo Russell. So very interesting that Partnow has him uh, here in in this ranking, uh, in this particular tier. I want to talk a little bit more about the reasoning and some of the other players in the tier here shortly, and then we'll move on to, uh, the next tier that involves Timberwolves players. Before we do that though, let's talk about our friends over at built bar from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar. If you have not, you need to, but guess what? Your friends at built have given coconut brownie chunk, the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk built Bar flavor that you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen, they're actually good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to Bilt.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat. Perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or you just need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of that collagen protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet, brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing and get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting this week, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the oddsmakers at Online. Available this week on Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All right, uh, let's go ahead and continue this this uh, ranking conversation. So, D'Angelo Russell, um, not a surprise, he's in this tier, and. Again, I think the most interesting thing is that virtually every other name on here, besides, I mean, Keldon Johnson's got a bit of upside. Vucevic is a player who's been an All Star um, and has, you know, Emmanuel quickly, I guess, with the Knicks. But for the most part, these are very specific role player type guys. Um, Robert Covington, Patrick Beverly are good examples. Uh, the Bogdanoviches, both of them, uh, you know, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, players that play a role on winning teams. D'Angelo Russell's supposed to be more than that now. I don't know that the Timberwolves think he's more than that because they have a big three otherwise now in Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell is very clearly the fourth best player on this team. Um, So that makes some sense. If the fourth best player on your team is in this 85 to 125 range, this tier 5A, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, It's just, you know, if we are factoring in the contract, which Seth is not on this list, you know, it's not great, right? If you're paying somebody max money, he's got to be better than the 95th or whatever best player, the 100th best player in the NBA. Um, so maybe not a total surprise. It is it is Russell's uh, second year in a row on this uh, particular part of the list. I should note there's a bit of a write-up here um, about about D'Lo's, uh ranking. Um, so here, I'll, I'll just read this excerpt about D'Angelo Russell. Partnow says uh, there's a few players who no longer have the excuse of growing into the league. This is after he's talking about Jaron Jackson Jr., not sure where to rank him, et cetera, because there's some benefit of the doubt there with if he stays on the court, stays healthy, he doesn't get into foul trouble how good is he? What's his upside? He says one such player in tier five who possibly should be higher based on talent is D'Angelo Russell. Simply put, a point guard of his skill level and experience simply can't have his volume of poor decisions with the ball at inopportune times and hope to play a key role in his team advancing deep into the playoffs. Speaking of Russell, to finish up, I should note that some of the hardest players to properly tier are the not quite star players with large on-ball roles. How to compare an extremely effective role player to a middle-of-the-pack offensive lead is an unanswerable question, and my attempt to do so is to. Consider what a player's ideal role will be on a top-level team and how well he would if it's a role he has filled or likely or likely would perform based on his skill set if he hasn't. Fascinating. Because um, it's 100% true. Like, what is the true value of D'Lo who could drop 30 at any time and, and, and pull from 30 feet and just get piping hot and steer your team to a victory, you know, how big he was in the play And We've seen these moments from D'Lo where he is Mr. Ice in his veins and can close out a game. How do you compare that to you know the the fifteen or twenty games a year when he kind of is listless out there and he makes bad decisions and and the D'Angelo Russell that was really kind of benched at, in game six against the Memphis Grizzlies? How do you how do you reconcile that and how do you tear a player like that and and that's clearly what Partnow struggled with? I think this is probably about right, maybe a hair low, simply because. Um, yeah, fifteen or twenty games, and I'm just throwing that out there. But that feels about right of those of those bad performances from Delo That's a lot for a max player. It's a lot for a guy who is supposed to be part of a big three on a on a playoff team that gets past the first round. But the upside of of D, good Delo is really good. Good Delo is effectively a borderline all star, um, and so it's it's a really interesting thing to try and parse. Um, but at any rate, he's the only Timberwolves player in tier five. I should also note. Kyle Anderson was in Tier 5 last year. Of course, not on the Timberwolves last year. He was in in Memphis, of course. Um, But he is out of Tier 5 this year. He's one of the players that fell out after being in 5A last season. So they have another player who you could consider a borderline top 125 player in Kyle Anderson. And of course, he's not going to start for this Wolves team. Almost certainly won't. I guess it's possible he does. But I I think it's very likely he comes off the bench in a six-man type of a role. Um, But Kyle Anderson's name is on here as somebody who just recently fell out. Okay, um, let's get right into Tier Four. No Timberwolves players in Tier Four, so I'll save your I'll save your trouble there. Um, however, Andrew Wiggins is in Tier Four, um, and I, I there, it's a little bit notable. Um, so let, let me give you what Partnow's explanation is because you'd think he would be higher, right? He was an All Star starter this year. Of course, he was voted in as an All Star starter. Um, you could argue he was the second best player in the Warriors as they won the finals this year, but. Partnow's reasoning here is exactly what Timberwolves fans have been saying about Andrew Wiggins all along. And I'll just read a a small excerpt. Uh, He he says, For as good as Andrew Wiggins has been at the Warriors, especially when Curry was available over the last two seasons, I don't think it's a coincidence. And this is Seth Partnow talking now. I don't think it's a coincidence his two strongest years have also been his lowest usage rate since his rookie season for all his gaudy scoring totals in Minnesota, his two full warrior seasons are his only two with positive estimated plus minus. In short, we've seen what it looks like when he's asked to be an offensive fulcrum and it isn't pretty. And then he talks about how his role with Golden State's obviously fantastic and important. And so this is a weird kind of role player barrier in his list and his tears. I, I will, I can hear Wiggins quote unquote defenders I guess if if well, I do know that they exist. Uh, a couple things. Yes, that is also an indictment of the Timberwolves. We we know that Wiggins was is further developed and has found a home in Warriors in Golden State with the Warriors, much better than what he did in Minnesota. And the second thing is he's older now too. He has more experience. It's not like he only played his age nineteen and twenty seasons in Minnesota, though. He was there for what six years. Um, but both of those things are true. I just think it's really interesting that uh, I mean this is the tier four. This is what players forty-one to eighty-four. So he's not in the top forty players. He was an all-star starter, which you know, if it's truly by definition, it should be the five best players in the league, give or take, I guess, um, considering that there's five in each conference. Um, but uh, not in the top forty players, which is pretty interesting. Um, so I thought that was that was a, a really fascinating thing there. Um, tier three, there are two Timberwolves players in tier three. I want to talk about tier three, and then I want to save. The, the rest of this conversation for Wednesday's show. Um, and once we get to tier three, it'll be obvious who's not part of that and who we'll talk about on Wednesday. Uh, but tier three, both Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are in tier three. This is the range of 30, uh, well, let me say this. Um, well, actually, so there's multiple tiers within tier three. So tier three is players 20 to 40. However, part now goes 3A, 3B, 3C. Both Timberwolves players are in 3C. So the 3C range is uh, 33 to 41. So both Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are considered by Seth Partnow to be in that 33 to 41 range, which is a little higher than I was expecting for Anthony Edwards and definitely lower than I was expecting for Carl Anthony Towns. I thought Ant would be in the 60s. I thought Cat would be in the 20s. Seth has them. He kind of split the difference, has them both in this range. So let's break that down a bit further. Who else is in their tier And did Seth Partnow get this right? We're going to do that here next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the Timberwolves have two players in Seth Partnow's Tier 3 C. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. This is a tier that is only eight players. So I'm just going to read them all in tier three C. Anthony Edwards, Ben Simmons, who of course didn't play last year, CJ McCollum, Jaron Jackson Jr., Carl Anthony Towns, Clay Thompson, LaMelo Ball, and Zion Williamson. A really weird tier. Established superstars coming off of injuries like a clay, like a Clay Thompson you know, established star in C.J. McCollum, somebody who didn't play at all last year in Ben Simmons, Jaren Jackson Jr., a player who's so hard to rank, making a jump from tier 5A last year to 3C. Um, and then you've got these young players like a LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards. Zion's like a weird combination of all these guys because he's young but also didn't play last year, often injured. What do you do with him? Um, quickly, the tier right above them, 3B, a couple notables there, Donovan Mitchell, Draymond Green, Uh, Jamal Murray, another player who didn't play last year. SGA with the Thunder. Zach Levine, uh, Bradley Beal. And then tier 3A, there's only five players there. Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Kyrie Irving. So 3C is nothing to sneeze at, but it is numbers 33 to 40, which again, as I said a minute ago, I thought Towns would be in the 20s. I thought Edwards would be in probably the 50s or 60s quite frankly. Um, He doesn't do full write-ups in each of these players, but Partnow mentions about Edwards. He says, Edwards and Ball, uh, so he lists Edwards and Ball together. He says, much like Trey Young and Luka Doncic, these two will be inexorably linked as two of the top three picks in the 2020 draft that didn't have a consensus. Number one prospect, both made strides in their sophomore campaigns. Ball was named to his first all-star team, but neither is close to a finished product. Ball's defense and occasionally erratic shot selection still requires improvement. Well, Edwards will take a bad shot here and there as well. Well, that's the only bad thing he said about Ant, which is fair. And this is a really interesting ranking in my mind, because Partnow is obviously an analytical guy, right? He was the director of basketball research for the Bucks. His background is in analytics. Um, and the analytics wouldn't tell you that Ant was a top 40 player, top 41 player last year. They They wouldn't. I think they would have him closer to the 60s or 70s. Now, obviously... The good version of Ant, you take his very best games, he's he's an all-star, right? Um, so I think this is pretty interesting, and it shows that, and Seth Partnow talks about this in his article, that he bounces this off people around the league and, and factors some of that stuff into the way that front offices actually, and somebody who's in an NBA front office, how front offices value these players as well, um, and so... I think that's really fascinating. So to have him in a tier with guys who have been all-stars like Ben Simmons, obviously Klay Thompson, uh, guys like CJ McCollum, and then up-and-comers like Jaron Jackson Jr., Zion, and LaMelo Ball is pretty interesting. Um, The Carl Anthony Towns thing, I'll, I'll read what he says about Towns as well. Um, uh, he basically just says towns can't make excuses about a lack of team success, uh, because now he's with Gobert and Edwards. Uh, he says with the league's elite defensive anchor alongside him, of course, Gobert can Towns be credible enough on D and turn his offensive production into impact enough to make Minnesota a genuine threat for an extended playoff run. So he doesn't really talk much about why cats ranked here, but basically this is make or break. Notably Carl Theddy towns last season was in tier three B. So just a half notch above. I guess the third notch above the year before that he was in three a. So he slid down a letter within tier three, each of the last two years in Seth Partnow's rankings at the athletic, which is interesting because I thought he was much better this year than he was the year prior. He's certainly better defensively overall, uh, more comfortable. I thought he was, uh, didn't rebound as much, but was generally, uh, Um, more comfortable and efficient offensively than he was in the previous, the COVID shortened season, the 2021 season. Um, Now it is also, both things can be true. He could have been better this year than the year prior. Obviously he made all NBA third team, um, but also player other players could be better too, which might've pushed him down a little bit. So on the list, but all that to say, it's hard to get too upset with Carl Anthony towns and Anthony Edwards being ranked in three C we'll talk about tiers two and one on Wednesday's show. Um, I was a little bit surprised that some of the names that made it into tier two, and frankly, even 3B and 3A, made it ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, quickly in 3B, I don't know that I put Zach Levine ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, Zach's great. I love Zach Levine, but they essentially flipped spots. He was 3C last year, Towns was 3B, and now they flipped this year. 3B seems a little high for Zach Levine. It seems a little high for Jamal Murray, given he didn't play at all last year, and, uh, you know, we obviously saw the the massive uh, bubble performance from Jamal Murray, but it's been a minute since we've really seen him on the court and producing. Uh, Draymond Green, 3B seems a little high for him. I think that's a little bit of a legacy ranking. Donovan Mitchell, the defense is bad enough. Like I don't know that I rank those guys ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, it, it seems a little goofy to me that, to have him below those guys. And then you look ahead to, to 3A. I can't really argue about Jalen Brown. Uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, those guys are obviously the upside isn't there as much for those guys anymore as it is for Carlton Anthony towns, Kyrie Irving at three a, I, I think availability, you know, the old availability is a skill thing, right? Um, also the defense has just been for as bad as towns was defensively a couple few years ago at times. I mean, to have guys like Kyrie Irving and, and, um, Donovan Mitchell ahead of, of Carl Anthony towns, and, and they're both worse defensively right now than cat really ever has been, um, obviously different roles in the whole thing, but, um, I don't know. I I, I struggle a little with, within tier three. Um, I think he should be up a little bit higher because, again, I thought he'd be in the 20s. He's in the 33 to 41 range. If you slide him ahead of Draymond, slide him ahead of Zach Levine, uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think I put him ahead of maybe, uh, probably not out of bio at this point, probably uh, ahead of Kyrie, probably ahead of Drew Holiday. That gets him into that that 28 to 33 range, which is closer to where I thought he would be. So I think he's ranked a little low. I'm pleasantly surprised with Ant's ranking. Again, I thought he'd be ranked uh, lower than he actually was. So um, not too much to quibble with here, but we'll see. I mean, if this team gets past the second round of the playoffs, as, as Seth says in his intro to this series last week, Playoff results and performance matters. It factors into this decision-making. So 12 months from now, we could see these guys slide up into Tier 2 or higher. Um, And, by the way, the Wolves do have a player in Tier 2. Really interesting take from Seth Partnow on... Of course, you know who I'm talking about, Rudy Gobert. So I want to get into that. My thoughts on Seth's take on Wednesday as well and, and where Rudy ranks here uh, as we take a, a bit of a half step back and look at the league as a whole uh, and his impact. And again, from a national writer, somebody who was in an NBA front office and can provide some interesting insight and perspective on what folks truly, you know, what f- folks whose opinions matter and not uh, me uh, really think about uh, about Rudy Gobert and his, his impact on the league and his standing in the league. So... We're going to get to that on Wednesday's show. Once again, a big thank you to those of you who do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms from Apple to Google, Spotify to Odyssey. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T. Wolves and at B. Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories, And you can make your second listen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.